Welcome to the Phil Nason Show, brought to you by PlayUp Sportsbook. PlayUp welcomes all bettors and offers the best prices on the market. They are also proud to be an official betting partner of the New Jersey Devils. Check them out online or in the App Store and see for yourself why PlayUp is your best bet. You're listening to a pre-recorded edition of the Phil Nason Show. The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play, and please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. We're excited to have you here. Our goal, our mission, if you will, is to make you a smarter and more profitable sports better. And I have a great show planned for you today. PlayUp Sportsbook presents the Phil Nason Show. Head on over to playup.com, sign up for an account, and find out why PlayUp is always your best bet. Today we're going to take our maiden voyage into the UFC. And no better person to do that is my friend Danny Podolsky from Overtime Heroics. What's up, Danny? What's up, Phil? So excited for this one. Thank you so much for having me back, of course. Oh, it's been my pleasure. I've known you for now about six years. And you've already exceeded all of anything that I've ever done in in this world. So, And I want to congratulate you on your school choice. I think they got a great choice, and I'm proud of you. And I can't wait to talk about UFC with you. We've got this big Saturday event happening. It's in the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. And we'll start with match 15. Now, these are the pre-prelims, prelims, right? Early prelims, yeah. they call them? The early prelims, they're on ESPN Plus at 6 p.m. on the East Coast, starting Saturday. That sounds great. And we'll start with match 15. We've got Wells versus Diamond. Wells is the favorite. Diamond is the underdog. Who do you like in this one? So Jeremiah Wells, he made his UFC debut on five days notice in the summer and knocked out a, a UFC veteran in, in a Worley Alves. He's taking on Blood Diamond. Um, his real name is Mike Mathetta. Uh He is close friends with Israel Adesanya, the champion who's defending his belt this weekend. Um, Blood Diamond was initially supposed to fight a guy named Orion Kosi. Uh, Kosi got injured. Jeremiah Wells steps down two weeks' notice. Uh, and I'm going to take Jeremiah Wells. Uh, he's a considerable favorite, as he should be, I think. Uh, Blood Diamond, he has some potential, um, but he's still very much unknown. He only has three professional bouts. Uh, he's close friends with Izzy. That's why they're bringing him on for this fight. Uh, but I think just Jeremiah Wells, he's shown he has knockout power, and especially winning the way he did in his UFC debut against a veteran. Um, he's a safe pick for this one. Oh, that sounds good. Now that's a minus 230. He is here. Um, it is, it's going to be an interesting fight, I think. But I always like to favor it in these pre-prelims. I don't think this Diamond Kid has got anything, really. But Wells is your guy, right? I'm taking Wells in this one. Now, with Blood Diamond, the thing is, is he's close friends with Izzy. That's why he's on this card. Ah, um, nepotism is always a beautiful thing. He's, it's a weird thing. You know, he's 3-0. He hasn't, we don't know. He, maybe he'll be the next big thing, but he's just so unproven yet. And I think you have to, and Jeremiah Wells is unproven too. He only has one UFC fight, mm-hmm. but he knocked out, he knocked out Warley Alves, who's a 15-fight UFC veteran. So I think you got to 
the safe pick here is Jeremiah Wells. And I know a lot of times, you know, with fights like this where the lines, like Jeremiah Wells is at minus 230. Um, if you want plus value on that, maybe take Jeremiah Wells by knockout. Uh, I, I don't know the exact line on it in front of me, but that will probably give you plus value. Yeah, that sounds good. Now, they're not even, li- this fight isn't even listed on any betting cards yet. So you're getting a scoop on Friday morning, and that's a good thing. So who we got next? We have uh, Andrade versus Maratsov, and this is match 14. What do you like in this one? Yeah, so Douglas Silva de Andrade versus Sergey Morozov is your classic UFC veteran versus up-and-comer. Uh, Silva de Andrade has been in there with Rob Font. He's fought some of the best guys. He's been inconsistent at times. He, uh, his last fight was incredibly got one-punch knockout against a guy named Gaetano Perello. Uh, with Sergey Morozov, he's got two UFC fights. His UFC debut, he had a super tough matchup. Took on a guy named Umar Nurmagomedov, who's a cousin of Khabib. Um, he, he got submitted early in that fight, but his second UFC fight was against a guy named Khalid Taha. Uh, he looked great. That being said, I'm going to take Douglas Silva de Andrade. He's about, one, he's about plus 180 underdog in this one. Right. I just think uh, he's, got, he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Um, I think if this fight hits the ground, he's got a considerable edge. And Morozov, you know, he's got a lot of potential, but we haven't seen it yet. And I think D- Douglas Silva D'Andrade is the proven veteran at this point. So and I think especially as a plus 180 underdog, that's a safe pick. Hey, you know what? You, you'll never go wrong with an underdog, even if you lose. At least you took a shot at the right one. Now, we've got Dobson and Malcoon. That's match number 13. Now, there's not a line up here anywhere, it seems, for that one yet. But uh, who do you like here in this one? Um, so ESPN currently has as a pick fight. It's minus 110, minus 110. And this could not be um, a better line for, for you, the better. Take Jacob Malkoon at minus 110. He should be a minus 200, in my opinion. Um, his only loss was a quick 16-second knockout. And, you know, a guy gets knocked down 16 seconds. What's that say? He got caught. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, he got, you know, destroyed in the fight. Mm-hmm. Since then, he took on his previous fight, fought a guy named Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Uh, and he, I think, racked up 12 and a half minutes of control time in a 15-minute fight. His wrestling uh, is incredible. He's a training partner of Robert Whitaker, who's in the main event taking on Israel Adesanya. Um, he's facing a guy named A.J. Dobson. A.J. Dobson, 6-0. and he came from the Dana White's contender series. I, I always have an issue with some of these Dana White's contender series guys. If you look at, if you look at the past records of guys who came from that show and got their contract in the UFC from the contender series, um, it's not great. And I think, I think an even line. I think Jacob Malkoon, you know, get as much value as you can out of that play. Uh, if, if you if you turn tune in for the early prelims, I think that's my favorite pick of, of those. Just given where the odds are at. Jacob Alcuna, minus 110. That's awesome. I think he gets it done. That's an awesome breakdown. Now, we've got match 12. We've got Ulberg and Charant. And uh, Charant is an underdog, and he's 7-3 and three this season. Uh, Ulberg is 5-1 and 0. Who you like in this one? Um, so, I'll take – so, first off, Fabio Charant. He's, I have to give him a little shout-out. He trains, uh, trains at one of my friend's gyms. He's – Lives close to where I do. He lives in, uh, I think he's from Weymouth, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he trains at Joe Lozon's gym. Um, he was an LFA champion at the start of last year, came to the UFC. He's started a little bit. He got caught in a Von choke in his UFC debut and then got knocked out uh, by a guy named William Knight, who's also on this card in his second UFC fight. 
um, which is why he's an underdog. Carlos Olberg, uh, minus 260. He is also a training partner of Israel Adesanya, and they're close friends. Uh, he was he came to the UFC at, uh, I believe, 4-0, picked up a win, and then last year was in a crazy fight with a guy named Kennedy and Zetchukwu, um, where he was winning that fight and then ended up getting knocked out. He hasn't fought since then. He's taken 11 months off for uh, Carlos Olberg. Um, and really, his issue in that fight, he did a really poor job of, of uh, just protecting his chin. He kept his hands way too far down. Um, with Fabio Chiron, I think if he does that against Chiron, he's going to get caught. Uh, I'm going to take Fabio Chiron at plus 210 by knockout. That's a big call. You like the underdogs, huh? I, I think I taught you well. I like the underdogs myself. Now, we've got match 11. Now, this one could be pretty close, I think, at least based on what the odds say. You got Hernandez taking on Moicano. Cano? Moicano? Yeah, Renato Moicano. And he is a uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Um, he's a UFC vet. He's fought in main events, got knocked out by Korean Zombie. Um, I, I really like the line for him in this fight at minus 170. Alexander Hernandez, uh, he's the old Hernandez. He came into the UFC uh, 23 years old. Got On short notice, he fought Benil Daryush. He's currently the number three lightweight in the world. Uh, and he knocked him out in 45 seconds. And I think since then, if you look throughout his career, uh, he's always he's been sort of either a favorite in every one of his fights or the line has kind of shifted way more in his favor than it should have because of that one knockout. And sometimes the 45-second knockouts, yeah, it's impressive. He did you know, his UCD debut. Because of it, it doesn't necessarily mean he was the better fighter in that fight. It means he got, you know, I don't want to say he got lucky, but he but Neil got caught in that fight. Right. And since then, you know, every time Fernandez has faced a step up in competition, he's he's lost the fight. You know, he lost to Cowboy Cerrone. Um, he lost last year to Tiago Moises. Uh, Hanada Moicano is a he's a vet. He's had some tough losses, but he looked he looked great in his last fight. Uh, so I think at minus one seventy, that's a really good that's a good pick. Is Hanada Moicano? Moicano, eh? You like him, huh? Okay, that's yeah. fair. You know what? I guess I like him too. Then now this one here, this is another one that could be looks to be pretty lopsided. You've got Martinez, who's a uh, huge underdog. And he's taking on the Lawrence, that Lawrence kid that I saw a couple weeks ago um, on YouTube or something. And he's a huge favorite. Who do you like in this one? Don't overthink this one. Ronnie Lawrence at minus 300, as he should be. Uh, he looked great in his last fight. Uh, he's just a very complete mixed martial artist. Has a really good ground game. Really crisp boxing. Uh, with Mondo Martinez, a bit of an unknown. He came in on short notice in his last fight. Uh, he missed weight, but he still won a split decision against a guy named Guido Canetti. Uh, but I think when you look at Mana Martinez, we he, maybe I'll be wrong on this one. Maybe he'll turn out to be you know, a contender. But I think Ronnie Lawrence, he's only 2-0 in the UFC. But from what we've seen, he looks like a guy who maybe by the end of 2023 can crack that top 15. Minus 300, I think, will win this fight. Yeah, that's a big number there. So, you know, be smart. You don't want to throw 300 bucks on a thing to win 100. So you just be smart. Use it in a parlay. Because this is a, probably a money match right there. I think he's got him. So now we've... I think, we, go ahead. I'm sorry. I think if you parlay Ronnie Lawrence with Hanato Moicano, you'll probably get close to about an even line on that. And I think that's a solid play. Boy, listen to you. You, you, got, you got it all down. I, I'm, I'm impressed. So now let's move on to the prelims. This is the ones where you're going to see on ESPN and ESPN Plus also. And we've got Knight and Grishin in match number nine. That could be interesting. This night kid looks pretty tough. What do you think about this match? 
if you get a chance, Google William Knight. He is a freak amongst freaks. His just in his physique, his build is it's crazy how strong this guy is. With that being said, he doesn't have much of a ground game. I think if Maxim Grishin can take it to the ground, he should win this fight. Um, but at the same time, William Knight, he has that equalizer. Anytime if he lands you with a clean shot, you're going to sleep. Uh, I think at plus 145, that's a solid line for William Knight. And if you really want to maximize your value here, uh, take William Knight by knockout. I'm assuming, you know, if he's plus 145 to win the fight, he's got to be probably around plus 200 to win by knockout. Uh, I think that's there's some solid value in that because Grishin's definitely the much more well-rounded fighter, but William Knight can put you to sleep with one punch. So I think I think he'd be my pick for that fight. Well, I like that one. I, you know what? Anytime somebody can knock you out, so you're going to take William Knight? I'm going to take William Knight at plus 145. Okay. That's not a bad play. Okay, so let's move on here. We've got match number eight, and that one takes place well after 8 o'clock p.m. Um, you're looking at Perez versus Schnell. Schnell is a huge dog here. Perez is an overwhelming favorite. Who you like in this one? So Alex Perez, he's the number four contender. He's coming off a loss to Davison Figueredo, who is the flyweight champion. These guys were scheduled to book four different times in 2021, and each time the fight either fell through or someone missed weight. They were supposed to fight last uh, December, and match Schnell got sick at the weigh-ins. Um, so we haven't really seen Perez in about a year and a half at this point. Matt Schnell looked pretty solid in his last fight. He lost a close split decision. Um, I think I think this fight, I'm, I'm going to take Perez. But I think this fight shouldn't be, I don't think Perez should be as big of a favorite as he is. I think he should be, you know, maybe a minus 200 favorite and not a minus 380 favorite. But I do think Perez will get the job done. So maybe, maybe you stack this one onto a parlay. There you go. That's great advice. And Danny, don't forget to find him over at Overtime Heroics, where he is the guy over there for MMA amongst a whole lot of good stuff. Danny's stuff is the best. But then I'm a little bit biased in this number here. So anyway, we've got match seven. It looks like we got a couple of ladies here. Um, we've got Modefery versus O'Neal. O'Neal is a big favorite. She's undefeated. And the other one looks like she's had her issues. Who you like in this one? Yeah, let me correct the name. Roxanne Modafferi. There you go. And she and Roxanne Modafferi, um, always a fan favorite. She shows up to the weigh-ins. Uh, she's basically, she's a big nerd. She shows up to the weigh-ins, you know, wearing either a Pokemon outfit or a Star Wars outfit. And it's kind of her thing. She's a beloved fighter, and it, this is her retirement fight uh-huh. at 39 years old. Um, she, I believe, has lost three straight. Uh, definitely... Definitely, she's a pioneer of women's MMA. Has done big things for growing the sport for women. Um, you know, women have only been in the UFC since 2014, and especially with that flyweight division, she's fought for the inaugural title in that division. But um, I got to talk about Casey O'Neill because Casey O'Neill is probably my favorite fighter in that division right now. She made her UFC debut at the start of 2021. Went 3-0 last year. She got a second round TKO of Shayna Dobson. Second round submission of Laura Procopio, and the third round knockout of Antonina Shevchenko, the sister of champion Valentina Shevchenko. Um, she's currently the number fifteenth ranked women's flyweight. I think she's got the potential to be a champion. She's twenty three years old. 
And going through Modafferi is just another uh, just another proved veteran that she's going to have to get through to eventually get to that title shot. I, it's frustrating because I like Modafferi a lot. You know, she's a she's a beloved veteran of the sport. Um, and it's it's unfortunate that, that her retirement fight has to come against you know an up and coming uh, up and coming contender like Casey O'Neill. But that's just kind of the nature of MMA is that you know the the older fed of the young. And Casey O'Neill at minus four hundred. I you know she could be minus eight hundred. I think that's how confident I am she'll win this fight. Uh, and the thing with Casey O'Neill is that she's so well rounded. Um, she can submit you or knock you out. Roxanne Modafferi, I think her, she's better on the ground. So if you, if you want plus value on this one, I think it's safer to take Casey O'Neill by knockout than would be to take Casey O'Neill by submission because taking Casey O'Neill minus four hundred, there's not a whole ton of value there. Or maybe you stack around to a parlay with someone else. Or, or you could uh, play the total, uh, or I guess you would call it the spread. Over two and a half rounds or under two and a half rounds. Under two and a half rounds is a plus 175. Over two and a half is minus 192. Yeah, I don't really. You don't fool with that. So let's just continue on. I, yeah, I don't really fool around with the over-unders with MMA. Just because, you know, if Casey O'Neill right, she can dominate the fight. She can take Roxanne Monteferi down for, you know, 11 minutes out of a 15-minute fight and completely dominate her. But never come close to finishing her. I, I just feel like, I don't know, maybe as a fan of the sport, I think it's a weird way to watch it where you're looking for an over-under. Right. Um, I mean, Casey O'Neill's gotten three straight finishes in the second round. Um, but, I mean, Montefiore's tough. To, Montefiore is as tough as they come. She's tough to finish. So I think maybe the maybe take the over on that one if you have to at two and a half in this fight. We'll, we'll go to the distance. Um, but that's a tough one. I, I, I think Casey O'Neill will win that fight. I think your best bet is to stack that it's the stacker at minus 400, as much value as you can get onto a parlay of someone else. Okay, so the next one we've got, this is the final prelim bout, and it's Arvlovsky versus Vandara. Well, who do you like in this one? Because this isn't yeah, even so, technically on the board yet. No, it's, and so with Andre Arvlovsky, he's fought pretty much every guy in the division. He's 41 years old. He was a UFC champion back in 2006. And at 41 years old, he's shown no signs of slowing down. He had a stretch from 2016 to 2018 where he was two and seven. Everyone said he was on the last legs of his career. Since then, he's five and one. And his last fight, he looked absolutely fantastic. Uh, fun fact: this is the first fight in I believe his last 18 fights that he is the favorite. He's been underdog in 18 straight fights, and he's won half those fights. Wow. Uh, with Jared Vandera. He had debuted last year after earning a contract on Contender Series. He went one and two. Uh, he's a brawler. He likes to, he likes to, you know, get into the clinch and dirty box you. I just think Arlovsky has so much more experience over Vandera. Uh, at minus one fifty, that's a solid pick. So you want Arlovsky at minus one fifty? Good stuff. Okay. I would take Arlovsky. Yeah, why not? That's that's the way to go. Now they don't have the knockout prop stuff yet on any of these, but we'll have them up at betstamp.app on Saturday. You're free to check them out. Of course, you're going to have to either IA listen to the show or pay because we get paid when you listen. So anyhow, we've got the uh, main card here, and this looks pretty interesting too. You're going to have to pay a pretty good price for this. I probably will be sleeping by then, so I'll probably miss out. I'll just have to trust Danny on this one. So here we go. The first match of the main card, match number five. We've got Green 
And we've got Hawk Parist. And who do you like in this one? Very similar fight to the Arlovsky-Vantera fight. In terms of you got Bobby Green as probably 15 fights in the UFC. He's fought several big names. He's fought Dustin Poirier. He's fought, you know, Ally Quinta. Nazarat Hakparas came in the UFC. I think he's 3-2 and two in the UFC. He's taken out, you know, all the unknowns they fought. But he got his last fight, got the opportunity to crack the top 15. And he came out came out sluggish against Dan Hooker. Uh, Hooker pieced him up, and he showed some big flaws in his game. You know, he's if you can keep him at range, he doesn't have a very long reach. Bobby Green, uh, I believe, has a pretty big reach advantage in this fight. Um, and he looked great last year. He got the first-round knockout of Ally Quinta, fought tough with Rafael Fazeev, who's a top-10 lightweight. I think at minus 150, he's going to win this fight. Yeah, that looks like the thing. So so you like Green to win this one, eh? I like Bobby Green, and if you have to, if you want plus value, Bobby Green by knockout. Okay, okay, but you know what? This isn't such a bad. So this juice on this isn't so bad at minus one thirty nine. I think you can definitely pay for that one. Now the next one here, this one, I actually saw some kind of preview. These two guys, maybe they don't like each other. That's Phillips and Rojo. Is that right? Yeah, there's some. Uh... This man Masi, they were scheduled to fight at one point, and then uh, Phillips uh, withdrew due to injury, and Rojo is saying he faked the injury. Mm-hmm. And Rojo is a re- huge dog, though, in this one. Re- Rojo is a huge dog, and the reality is he should be a huge dog. Uh, Kyler Phillips has a win over Song Yudong, which has, A, that win is aged like fine wine. Song Yudong has gone on an incredible run since that loss. Uh, and he's just he's a really creative striker. He'll throw... They're spinning back kicks. He'll throw some hook kicks at you. Marcel Rojo came into the UFC, got a short nose fight against Charles Jordan, which is a super tough fight. And he, it was competitive in that fight for about a round, but then ended up getting knocked down the third. Um, we haven't really seen enough of Rojo for me to have any comments to him. Whereas Connor Phillips, he was had a really close fight his last time. He lost, uh, I believe, a majority decision where he came out. It came out and kind of gassed out after the first round. Um, so, the, I mean, the cardio is maybe an issue with Kyler Phillips, but it's also a bit of the pace of that fight. I just don't – we haven't seen enough from Marcel Rojo for me to pick against him. Kyler Phillips, he's a minus 420 favorite on ESPN right now. Um, I think if you parlay him with maybe Bobby Green, that would make a ton of sense. So Kyler Phillips is going to blast this kid, eh? I think Kyler Phillips – knockout probably in the first round if yeah. not the second round. He's probably not very happy with his kid's mouth who's never done anything. And you know what? That's a good play. I think that's a good play. So now we've got three more to go here. Uh, we've got Conier against Brunson. Brunson Brunson's a dog, but he's had 30 fights under his belt already. Pretty good record at 23-7. and seven. Who do you like in this one? Hey, if you didn't listen to a single thing that I've said this entire podcast, listen to me now. Derek Brunson at plus 135 is so far and away the best line in this fight. I was, you know, from the betting perspective, super excited when I saw that line because here's the thing about Brunson. He he, he was on, going through his career, he was on path to become a title contender, got knocked out a couple times. He got knocked out by Adesanya. He got knocked out by Whitaker. And then he went back in the gym. He changed up his game. He went back to his wrestling, went back to his roots. He's won five straight fights. And with each one of his fights, he's looked more and more impressive. His last fight out, he fought Darren Till. Darren Till was the number five guy in the division. Brunson scorched him, choked him out in the third round. Jared Cannier, 
again, how's that one punch equalizer? But if you look at Brunson, he's done. He's fought, you know, back to back to back to back fights against Edmund Shabazian, Kevin Holland, and uh, Darren Till. We're all guys who have this one punch power, and Brunson's just neutralized them with his wrestling. The winner of this fight is going to fight the winner of the main event in, for the middleweight title, probably at the end of 2022. Um, at plus 135, Derek Brunson. And Brunson, I should say, he's on five fight wing streak, has been an underdog in every single one of those fights. I think he makes it six straight. And I think he makes it six straight wins as an underdog. And that line has climbed up to a plus 160. So that's not a bad price to pay. And only 39% of the money is so far on Brunson. And that's not too bad a thing. Oh, what's that? The, the thing with Brunson is that they keep giving him, they keep giving him these names of young rising contenders. So, like when Edmund Shabazian fought him, Shabazian was a guy who was on was a twenty two year old fighter on a big winning streak. So he was seen as the prospect versus Brunson at the time is thirty seven. So the logic was, you know, a lot of times the old get fed to the young, and therefore the big underdog is the older guy. Brunson scorched Shavazian. Same thing with Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland had all the momentum in that fight. Brunson just completely shut down that hype churn. Same thing with Darren Till. Jared Kanier, he looked great in his last fight. All the crowd in the world to him for that, but I just think at plus 135, yeah, I mean, Brunson's 38 years old, but he's looked fantastic as of late, so I think he keeps that win streak going. Well, that sounds good. Now, we've got two more to go, and, and this one here could be the, I think it's probably going to be the fight of the thing when I was looking at these before, and that's this Lewis and Tuvasa. Is that right, Tuivasa? Ty Tuivasa versus Derek Lewis. This is the ultimate fan favorite matchup. It's two of my personal favorite fighters. Okay. Um, so Derek Lewis, he's probably the funniest guy in the UFC. If you go on YouTube and just look up Derek Lewis, you know, funny moments, you'll have a good time. Ty Tuivasa's thing is when he knocks someone out, he then jumps on top of the cage and does what's called a shoey where he downs a beer from some from a random fan's shoe. Ugh. Now, it's disgusting. I would not do that myself personally, but that's why uh, he's in the situation he is right now where he's going to fight Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis, you know, he fought for an interim title at the start of last year, or midway through last year. Besides Francis Ngannou, the champion, probably the hardest hitter in the division. He's the number three contender right now. Tai Tuivasa, he's the number 11 contender. Again, like Derek Lewis, has that crazy one-punch power. And that makes this fight so hard to predict because either guy – could knock the other guy out at any moment. And sometimes, and that could make for a boring fight. However, I think when you look at the overall game, Tai Tuivasa's leg kicks and just just his, just his cardio, I think. I think Tai Tuivasa has a little bit more uh, to his game. I think he's a little bit more well-rounded. And I think he's going to get the job done as an underdog. But with that being said, you can never... I never feel good betting against Derek Lewis because he can shut your lights off with one punch at any point. So I think, so for me personally, I would say sit back, you know, have a beer while you're watching this fight and just enjoy this fight because I don't feel good betting on either way. Yeah, yeah there you these go. Are, See? These, these are two of the most fun and funny guys in the UFC. Enjoy this fight. Absolutely. You don't have to wager on everything and we tell them all the time these same things, Danny. I tell them in my books. I tell them on this podcast. But a lot of times it just goes over their heads, and that's okay. So if you take that one and you lose, you should have listened. That's the key. That's the key to this whole game, kids. Listen to these guys who know. And now we've got the main event, 
the reason Dana White is a billionaire. And we've got Adesanya and Whitaker. Now, I remember a guy named Pernell Whitaker who was a tremendous boxer, but this ain't him because he's got lots of tattoos and Pernell was black. So go ahead, fire away. See, I, at least I got the name right. Hey, you know what? Um, That was a good one. Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker. Um, the thing with Izzy, I think Robert Whitaker's looked fantastic in his last three fights. Robert Whitaker was the champion back in 2018. Israel came in and knocked him out in the second round to win that belt. I think Israel is a nightmare matchup for Robert Whitaker because Robert Whitaker is so aggressive, taking on Israel Adesanya, who's probably the best counter striker that we've seen in the middleweight division since Anderson Silva. Uh, I think we've seen Izzy be a lot more patient. He's got a six and a half inch reach advantage and 80 inch reach. Um, you know, he's, he's skinny. He's not the biggest middleweight. He could, you know, if he wants to maybe even cut to 170, but I just think he'll be able to keep this fight at range. Now where he knocked him out in the last fight, the first time these guys fought, uh, we've seen Izzy be a lot more patient uh, in, his, in his last fight against Marvin Vittori. Uh, the fight in which he defended his belt. I think Izzy's going to win this one by decision. Whitaker might maybe win a round or two, maybe in the earlier rounds, but as this fight gets later on, uh, it's going to swing heavily towards Adesanya, and I think I think Izzy defends his belt and, and still. So we take Adesanya at minus 265, and that's good, man. Good stuff today, dude. Well done. You broke that down real good. I'm very impressed. I know my listeners will be thrilled. They're going to make a few bucks with your uh, solid advice. Now tell everyone where we can find you. Yeah, find me on uh, Twitter at Podolsky Danny and follow uh, at OTH MMA or OT, sorry, OT Heroics MMA for overtime heroics MMA content. Um, we got a lot of good stuff and it's only, it's only grown. We're interviewing fighters now. It's previewing all the fights, you know, giving matchups afterwards. So it's really, it's really grown and it's uh. It's fun to be a part of. So, again, Phil, thank you so much for having me on, as always. Oh, that's my pleasure. And that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Don't forget to find Danny over on Twitter. He's giving you his stuff. All his information will be inside the show notes. We want to thank PlayUp.com for sponsoring this show. That's PlayUp Sportsbook. Sign up for an account over at PlayUp.com and find out what I already know, that PlayUp is always your best bet. All picks made on the Phil Nation Show and the Wolf Line newsletter and all my premium picks that I send out to my subscribers can be tracked at betstamp.app. And don't forget the Wolf Line newsletter. Six days a week, we bring it. You make money, and we're thrilled. Until next time, you all take care of yourselves. Be good. And most importantly... Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you. Thanks for listening to The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. And please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page.